going through the end times, and, and my hope this morning as I bring God's word is, is to marry the two, to kind of bring the two together, and in light of the end times, we must live unto him, and, and so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about this morning, and the, the text that uh, got me going this direction was from 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I've been going through a study with a young man on Friday mornings, and we just wrapped up this study on 2 Timothy uh, Friday. Friday morning, and we were reading this together, and I was giving him a little glimpse of what I was going to be preaching about this morning, but here's what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. It says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and doctrine. And Paul writes to Timothy here and he says, For a time will come. For the time, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away from the truth. And they shall be turned unto fables. So like I said, I hope this morning we can look at these things in light of, of, of the end and the things that are coming and the things that we're facing. We will live more unto him. And so let's pray this morning and we'll get into this. Dearly Father, I, I thank you so much for this morning, Lord. Thank you so much for the, this church, the opportunity to be here and to, to worship you and praise your holy name together as a, as a local body, Lord. I thank you for each and every member that's here in this service this morning, Lord, the ones that are going to be in the next. And God, I especially thank you for those who are, who are guests here visiting with us, maybe for the first time or, or maybe for, 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 for the second or third or many times, Lord. And I just pray that you would continue to, to impress upon their hearts about membership at this church and, and how they can be involved and how they can be serving here in this local body. And God, I, again, I thank you for them. I love each and every one of them. I'm so thankful and grateful for the opportunity to hear from your word this morning. And God, I pray as, as we go through this that you would help me to articulate it well and, and that we would glean much from your scripture this morning. God, help us to, to walk out of this place different than when we walked in and be ready to go and, and, and preach and teach in season and out of season because, God, unfortunately, there's some who are, who are being taught other things, who are being shared false truths and untruths and, 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 and believing those lies, God, and we have to be the people. We have to be the church that rises up and say we're going to stand firm on your truth and on your word. God, we love you. We thank you for this morning. Thank you for what we've experienced thus far. And just pray that you would continue to work and move in this place this morning. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. For decades, pastors have been standing in pulpits and they've been warning about untruth being taught and preached and shared. They've been, they've been going on, again, for, for decades, centuries even, talking about uh, being uh, rooted and grounded in the truth. 
to, to, to study the word of God, that, that we might be workmen who, who are unashamed of the scripture, going out and preaching the truth because, because false doctrine is, is, is coming. And for the past decades, preachers have been warning about, about a prosperity movement. And, and they said, listen, it's coming. It's going to happen. And, and, it, and it just exploded over the past few decades. And I, I think there's been a bit of a downturn in that. And people have seen through the facade and realized that if they sow into something, they might not get the things that were promised them. And, and they, they realized that it was fake. And, and, it, and, it, and it gave a, 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 a bad uh, taste in some people's mouth towards God and the things of God. And we've been warning, me and, and, and Pastor Kyle, we've been warning about a, about a, a new movement, a, a movement of, of, of people that call themselves progressive Christians. And, and, and I think maybe we've, we've maybe missed the mark, or I know I've missed the mark of, of explaining that, because I've been up here before and I've shared with you that there are some who, who call themselves progressive Christian, and, and, and you'll even go and you'll get on their websites and you'll, you'll read their doctrine, and their doctrine is basically, we don't have a doctrine. And I've shared that before, and, the, and, the, and their whole thing is we just need to love. We just need to love one another and, and come together and, and, and have empathy for one another. And, and, and if we do that, we'll be okay. This morning, I want to take it a step further. And I'm going to share with you something that I came across in the past week and a half. And I just decided to, to Google Progressive Christian Church and see what would pop up. And the list that popped up were, were some churches that I believe are progressive Christian churches, but they're good at hiding it. They're really good at hiding it. As a matter of fact, if you went into their website and you read their, their statement of faith, you'd say, man, that's, that's pretty much what, what we hold to and what we believe and what we preach and teach and what the Word of God preaches and teaches. But then it took me to this, well, down this rabbit trail of the Internet. And, and don't you love it when you get caught up in that? And I ended up on this this website called uh, hereticalchurches.org or something like that. And it is a non-Christian, it is a non-believer who said, I, I realize that there's some of you who, who still feel like you need to go to church, so I've compiled this list of heretical churches that would be great for you to attend. And so I scrolled down till it got to Texas, and I just started looking at some of these churches. And I, I just want to share one with you to just just try to kind of emphasize why we need to be preaching in season and out of season why we need to be long suffering and why we need to have this doctrine because Paul was writing to Timothy and he says the time will come and I believe the time came during during Timothy's time and it, and it's here today the only difference between Timothy's time and and today is we're one day closer to his return we're one day closer to the end we're one moment closer to, to, to it being too late for us to warn anybody else or tell anybody else. Down in Austin, Texas, there's a church entitled, the name of this church is called Vox Venet. Vox Venet. Say, what in the world is vox venae? Well, they're two Latin terms that means speech or the way you talk and you talk pardon or you speak pardon. That's the name of the church, Vox Venae. 
And if you were to go to this church, you would enter into this church and, the, and you, would, you would attend it outdoors because they believe that Jesus was a gardener and therefore they need to be gardeners and, and go out and, and, and be out in nature with Jesus. And if you go on and you continue to read about the, what, they, what, what they happen at this church and when you go on Sunday morning and you go to attend their, their, their liturgy is what they call it, their, 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 their congregation, their sermon, you would, you would read that it's, a, it's about the love and the rhythm of life and how you flow together in the rhythm of life as you're gardening with Jesus. And as I started reading this statement, and, 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 and it basically said it's a fluid statement, and it's always open, and it'll, it'll never be ending, and, and they'll continue to add and take away as, as, as things go on. And it, then it got to this part at the, at, the, at, the, at the middle of their statement, and they said, if you'd like to know more, read about our, our journey of empathy. Our journey of empathy. And this is what it says. I want to read, you directly, to read to you directly from their website this morning. Just so you can see why we need to preach and teach this truth. This is the following journey, journey of empathy description is a living document that will continue to be shaped by our community as we continue to journey together. This was last updated on 1-18-2023, just a few days ago. It says... Similar to Vox values of rhythm, it is not part of our culture, it is not part of our culture to craft a statement top down and vote on it. It's not, it's not, it's not part of our culture to hold to doctrine, to hold to truth. Rather, we live life together. And we're going to continue to form this document for 10 years and then put it into words as the, as the journey uh, continues to articulate God's work and our hopes. In this sense, the words, are still, uh, the words of this document are still living and can be shaped. And here's where it gets real interesting. So it takes a turn and it says, Our LGBTQ journey description captures our story around the conversations over the five years we've had in this community and continue and will continue to shape it this is not a fixed vision or an aspiration rather a description of ourselves and a journey together of our listening circles here at vox Vinay. one of our values at vox is empathy with diversity this means modeling Christ's life standing to those who have been historically marginalized by society and religious institutions. This is the way we, we enter in to what is made possible by God's Spirit, the rich benefits of, of, of the body of Christ with many diverse members committed to one another in love. Therefore, we at Vox are committed to the following practices regarding conversations about gender and sexual diversity. Number one, we welcome and affirm LGBTQ persons, families to participate in all levels of community, partaking in sacraments, including marriage, serving in ministry, joining as members, holding leadership roles as you are called. Number two, we strive to embody a theology of a nonviolent God and will actively work toward protecting marginalized individuals as groups for, for intentional and unintentional harm. Number three, we practice spiritual discernment and empathetic conversations together. 
Listen to number four here. We welcome diversity of theological views and scripture and interpretations. And do not strive for agreement or certainty. Let me read that again. We welcome diversity of theological views and scriptural interpretations and do not strive for agreement or certainty. Number five, we use tools of listening and empathy and nonviolent communication to refrain from trying to change anyone's mind on matters of discussion. Rather, we practice listening, learning, and discerning God's spirit. We're not, we're not worried about the truth. We're not going to preach the truth. We're not tr- going to try to rightly divide the truth. We're going to listen to everyone and what they have to say and try to learn what it is that they have and then supposedly discern from God's Spirit along the way. We're almost done here, but I just want to read you the last little bit of this. It says, since 2015, Vox Vinay's covenant members have been in the process of learning about gender and sexual diversity through engaging the scriptures and listening to God and our LGBTQ members ourselves and to each other. We encourage those in Vox community to practice empathy, and and a posture of humility when it comes to matters of diversity. While we celebrate differences of thought and theology, we do expect a common shared agreement in our practices of empathy and nonviolence on how we treat one another. All of a sudden, they become extremely firm because they say, we will not tolerate practices that further marginalize. It's all good, it's all wonderful, it's all great, but if you preach the truth, we will not tolerate that at Vox Vinay Church. We value mystery over certainty and practice deferring to the guidance of the Holy Spirit in all areas of our lives, and we will support and trust LGBTQ persons and families and to discern God's guidance for their own lives. Listen, we need, church, to live unto him. To live unto him in these end times. And this morning I want to talk about three things and, and, and three things uh, uh, Pastor Kyle talked about the, the, the unto him picture and the, the, the concentric circles and, and uh, as I preached a few months ago at the leadership conference I talked about the why and specifically why we need to carry out the great commission and I would say why we need to carry out the great commission even more in these end times. When we hear things like this, I hope and pray that it gets us stirred up to to give even more unto him each and every day. Remember, we're a day closer than we were yesterday. Tomorrow, if he tarries, we'll be a day closer then to the end, to this this end time. So to remind us of our our theme verse this year, I want us to go to Jude chapter 1 and start in verse 20. It says, but ye beloved... Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. 
And then there's others with fear, pulling them, saving them with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God and our Savior be glory and majesty and dominion and power now and forever. So why should we carry out the Great Commission even more in the end time? Number one, I would say it's because Christ first loved us or because he loved us. Number one, because he loved us. The reason we should carry out this commission is that we must remember, we must remember how much he loved us. This should just drive us to go and give more and share more and love more. Again, as he said there in verse 22, and having compassion on some making a difference and others just, just with fear pulling them out of the fire. Why? Because he first loved us. In 1 John chapter 4, in verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Listen, this love that we're talking about, I shared it last time I preached. It's not what we read this morning from that journey statement at Vox Vinay. It's not an empathy. It's not that type of thing. We don't see that in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to share this one more time. He said, I shared it back in September, whatever it was that I preached. Empathy and sympathy are two different things. And empathy means that we come alongside them and we feel what they're feeling and we're hurting where they're hurting. But that's not what we see in Jesus. We see Jesus being sympathetic, meaning when he sees someone fall down in a pit, he throws them a rope. He's still safe and secure and rooted and grounded, and yet he has sympathy and compassion for them. That's the type of love Christ had for us. He didn't lower himself to our standards and come down here and live like we live and do the things we did. No, but he had ultimate compassion and sympathy for us, so much so that he he gave up his own life. That's the type of love that we need to remember. That's the type of love that we need to go out with. Again, maybe tying ourselves to that tree, throwing that rope down to them into the pit, saying, grab on, come on. I know you're going through some things. I know you're struggling with some mess. I know there's some things that have entered into your life, but guess what? God loved me, and God loves you, and I want to tell you about him. I want to show you what it means to be a Christian. Because he first loved us, we must go. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Verse 8, and he that knoweth not God. I'm sorry, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us. And that, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And I love verse 10. I absolutely love verse 10. Herein is love. This is love. This is the love that we get to remember. This is the love that we get to reflect on. Not that, that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. 
remembering this Christ, this God that loved us and sent his son. The Bible says that it, it pleased the Father to send his son. He loved us so much that it, that it pleased him for his one and only son to come and endure the punishment, the sins of the world to be upon him. That was going to be, again, the payment or the propitiation for our sins. And if you're here this morning and you've never heard this truth, you've never heard that God sent his only begotten son in the world, that we might live through him, that he came. We just celebrated less than a month ago. He came born of a virgin and, and he lived this sinless life that we cannot live. And he, and he shed his blood and he died on that cross and he took our sins upon his shoulders, as it says in 1 Peter. And that sin is the payment for our, for our sins. If you're here this morning and you've never heard that before, I challenge you to not walk away from this place. Not placing your faith and trust in this, because we're going to see here in a moment in Scripture, that's exactly what God calls us to do. That once we hear this truth, once we've been proclaimed this truth, it's our job to get up and move and say, God, I hear what you're saying, and I, God, I'm going to profess you with my mouth, and I'm going to accept this truth. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. And if you're here this morning and you've heard the good news of Jesus Christ, which you just have, if you're listening at all, and you've never placed your faith in him, you've been given that. And now it's your turn to make a decision this morning. Verse 11, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Again, why, why do we need to go out and give more in this, in this end time? Because God loved us, and we ought to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us his spirit. And we, had seen, uh, we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent him to be the Savior of the world. And whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, uh, Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Again, if you're here this morning and you haven't confessed him as Lord, today is the day of salvation. Verse 16, and we have known and believe that God to, we, we have known and believed the love of God that God hath towards us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so, we, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment, and he that feareth is not made, in perfect, not, not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. And so why do we go out? Because Christ loved us. Because God loved us and sent his son to die for us. Number two this morning. Second reason we live unto him why we live unto him and why we should be sharing this gospel more and more in light of the end times, in light of what we're facing, in light of what's going on in our world and what's being preached and taught, uh, shared in, 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 in uh, just wolves in sheep's clothing out here bringing these false messages is because someone loved us enough. 
This should drive us. The fact that someone cared for us enough to come and preach and teach the good news of Jesus Christ. Continue on there in 1 John chapter 4. It says, if a man say, I love God, and he hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath not seen, how can he love whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Someone loved us enough to come and preach the gospel unto us. Those of us who have given our life over to Jesus Christ, someone cared for us enough. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was our mother, our father, our grandmother, our grandfather. Maybe the roles were reversed and maybe it was a child who came and preached the good news of Jesus Christ unto us. Maybe it was a pastor, an evangelist. Someone loved you enough to come and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. We used to go through a, 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 an outreach training, a, a soul winning training, a, a training to, 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 to help us to go out and, and, and preach and teach the good news better. We used to play this video uh, by, by uh, a man named Penn, I think it was Penn, Penn, Penn and Teller. They're comedians. One of them doesn't talk, the other one does. And, and, and this man is, in real life is, a, is not his, 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 his onstage stick, is an um, outright professing atheist. And he said these words. He said, How, if you are a Christian and you truly believe that people are going to die and go to hell if you don't share the good news of Jesus Christ, this atheist says, how much would you have to hate them to not share that truth? And he goes on and he, and he, and he said, he said, just like if you, if you saw someone standing in the middle of the road and, and a bus was coming barreling towards them and, and you were the only one that could save them. You, you, they didn't know that that bus was coming, but you had an opportunity to run out there and shove them out of the way or drag them out of the way. How much would you have to hate that person? To not go out there and grab them and drag them out of the way of that bus running them over. Again, an atheist proclaimed it. An atheist recognized that we as Christians, if we do not love God and love others and, 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 and share this with them, then, then it's a form of hate. It's a form of just saying, listen, I don't care about that person enough to share the good news with them. Remember, we're one more day closer to the end. We're one more day closer to the end times that we've been talking about. And there's some that we need to be, just like we read in, in Jude there, we need to be saving them. We need to be grabbing them with all fear, just reaching them and snatching them out because they smell like smoke. They're about to go off into an eternity of a lake of fire with, with, with fire and brimstone and wailing and gnashing of teeth. I, I can't even imagine how horrific that's going to be. And it should drive us to go. And this thought that someone loved us enough man, should, should just cause us to want to go and do what someone preached to us one time. I love Paul's words in Romans chapter 10 and verse 1. Listen to his heart here. He even says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to the God of Israel is that they might be saved. If we got up tomorrow morning and we said these words to God, 
So God, my, my heart's desire and my prayer to you, O God of Israel, is that everybody that I come in contact with today might be saved. And what if we didn't just pray that prayer tomorrow morning? If we committed to pray to it the next morning, and the next, and the next, and all the days of our life. God, my heart's desire is that everybody that I come in contact with today might be saved. That my family members that I love, that I know are lost, might be saved. That my co-workers, that I hear them speaking and, and, and there's no fruit abounding in their life, that I might be light unto them and that they might be saved this day. That my classmates that I go to, and, and some of you who are in large public schools, you're around thousands of kids every day who, who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they might be saved today, that I might be able to shine my light for them to see. Brethren, my heart's desire is that the people in your lives would be saved, that the people in my lives would be saved and and therefore like someone else shared with me I must go share with them in verse 2 for I, I bear them record and uh, that they might have zeal of God but not according to the knowledge for for they being ignorant to God's of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness has not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of, righteousness of God for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness and everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that, man, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on the wise, saying, Not in thine heart, who shall ascend unto heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who shall ascend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up. But what saith it? The word is nigh, and even in thy mouth and in thine heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. This word that we have, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, should be even in our mouth, and we should be going out and preaching it. This word of faith that is hid in our heart, we must go and proclaim it as we near the end. He says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. As I said earlier, I was going to mention this verse. If you're here this morning and you have not confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that gospel that was preached here earlier today, today is the day that you can do these things and you can be saved. For with a, ha with a heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. The scripture says, whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between Jew or Greek. For the same Lord is over all and rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We have a work to do and it goes on in verse 14 and it says, how... How shall they call on him? How in the world are they going to know? These people down here in Austin who are caught up in this mess, this place, that, 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 this vox venae that claims to be a church and are out doing liturgy, liturgy in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a park somewhere, gardening, how are they going to know? How are they going to know on who they shall call unless someone goes? How shall they call on whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And, and how shall they hear without a preacher? 
How shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. How beautiful. How beautiful for, were those feet of the person that brought you the gospel in your life. I, I want you to just think for just a moment about that person who preached the good news of Jesus Christ. And maybe it was multiple people. Maybe it was your parents in combination with a Sunday school teacher and combination with the pastor. Think about those people who, who preached that gospel in your life. My wife sitting down here on the front row. Who, who was there preaching that night when you got saved? Yeah. It was a video. Who was in the video? She doesn't remember. Oh, great. I put her on the spot. She doesn't know. Uh, Brother Robert, who was preaching the night you got saved? Who was sharing with you the good news of, of Jesus Christ? Amen. Church camp, pastor, these people, they're beautiful feet. And we can go around this room and just ask everybody who is sharing, who is investing in your life, who is giving the good news, who is shining their light, and how beautiful are those feet. Man, we should go and we should emulate those feet. Paul even says these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Again, Clark Bozier was preaching the night I got saved, and my cousin invited me to that youth rally that night. And how beautiful are those feet. And I should be doing the same. I should be followers of them as, as, as they were following Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 14. It says, For you, brethren, became followers of the church of God which are in Judea and are in Christ Jesus. For you have also suffered like things of your countrymen, even as, as have the Jews. Again, brethren, become followers of the church of God. Go and follow these people who came and shared with you. Go and do likewise, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7. Remember them which have rule over you. Remember those beautiful feet that came unto you at one point and preached the good news of Jesus Christ who has spoken unto you the word whose faith follow them. Go after them. Run after those things. Be like those evangelists. Be like those preachers. Be like those people and those Sunday school teachers and those parents who prayed for you day and night. Be like those people whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. Why must we preach the gospel even more in, in, in the end times and, and follow after him more and live unto him more? And, and a good reason is because he first loved us. Another good reason is because, because someone loved us enough. And then lastly, number three, is because we love others. Because we love others. Or at least we should. We should have this love for others. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord God, your, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments, Hang all the law of the prophets. To make a confession this morning, when I was reading some of those statements of faith, if you will, uh, on some of those churches that I came across, and 
on my rabbit trail of Google searches, I started getting mad. I started getting really angry. And I, and I, I, I started saying, God, I, I hate this. I hate that these things are going on. I hate that this, 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 this heretical speech is happening. I, I hate that, that these, these, these people are being led astray. And God, I especially hate that these, that these wolves in sheep clothing are, 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 are benefiting and, and dragging God's name through the, through the mud. And, 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 and God, I, I hate these things. And as much as I was getting angry and I was getting upset and I, and I was truly hating those things I was reading, an overwhelming compassion was coming over me for those people that have been drugged into this and taught these untruths, these false truths. And my heart was even broken and, and, and had compassion for those who, 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 who are teaching, who are these wolves in sheep clothing. And there was a love that, that, was, that was manifested in my heart. It just broke down into prayer. God, God, let these people hear the truth. And let them be saved before it's too late to begin. And back then, a week and a half ago, when it was that I came across this, God, God, I don't know if today's the last day, but send someone. I, I, I don't think they're having church today, so I don't think I can drive down there to Austin and just show up in their garden and be like, hey, guys, just want to preach the truth to you this morning. And it's okay to hate these evil things. And you say, oh, wait a minute, I thought we were talking about loving. I thought point number three was to love others. And absolutely, we should have compassion and love others. But listen to the words of God in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. He says, these six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. He says, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift to run to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren and as I went through that list and was looking at the things I was reading about Vox Vinay Church I was like they're performing all seven of these things that God hates and so yes I, I was in the right place to hate the things that were going on there but just like Jesus hated those things that the people were doing around them and the Pharisees were doing and the Sadducees and the, and the, and the lawyers and the tax collectors he hated those things he went in there and he turned over the money changers table he hated those things and yet he still loved them and had compassion on them and went to a cross and shed his blood and died for them. Revelation chapter 2, verse 6, again, Jesus saying, uh, writing to the churches, and, and one of them he says, But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. This is Jesus saying, You hate these deeds of these wicked people, which I also hate their deeds. Revelation chapter 2, verse 15, talking about the same group of people, he says, So hast thou also them that hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Their doctrine, the things that they're teaching, the, the untruth that they're preaching. Jesus said, I hate these things. We must go and live unto him, preach 
the gospel unto others because of him, in light of the fact that he loved us, in light of the fact that someone loved us, and especially because we have this love and this compassion for others. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, it says this, Know also that in last days, these perilous times, these times that we're, that are, that we're, we're living in right now, for, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. I, I always love that particular one. It's an interesting thing that's in the middle of that list. Lovers of themselves, covetous boasters. Oh, and by the way, they're going to be disobedient to their parents. They're going to be disobedient to those that should be the, the authority in their life while their children were there, people. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And I would say like we read in Jude, have compassion. And some of them we must be snatching straight from the midst of the, of, uh, the edge of that fire, just snatching them away from that and turning them to the truth through the power of the gospel. As much as God hates these things and despises these things, again, he has compassion and love. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, and we must have the same. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. As some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering to usward. Thank God that God was long-suffering to me. Thank God that God was long-suffering to you. And that he's still long-suffering today. Maybe some of those that have been caught up even in false teaching in these false things in the, at, at, at this end time. But, but he's long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish. But that, should, that, that all should come to repentance. And so as much as I hated and despised and just, just couldn't stand what I was reading. I know that God's not willing that any of those people should perish. And I shouldn't be either. I must go preach to those that, 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 are, that are lost and, 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 and some so wrapped up and steeped up in some untruth. I must go preach and teach to, to even those that are, that are, that are teaching and, and sharing these untruths. We, we must go and do these things, willing that, all, that none should perish, but all would come to repentance. And I want to end with what we started with today. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2. I don't believe this is a call just to preachers, pastors, evangelists, missionaries. I, I believe this is a call to every single one of us. That we preach the word. That we be, be instant, instant, in season and out of season. That we preach the word when it's convenient, when it's not convenient. That we reprove. That we rebuke when this false teaching is going on and that just like Christ is long-suffering towards us, that we exhort with all long-suffering and truth. Or doctrine, as the King James Version says. We must go.
reprove, rebuke with all long-suffering and truth. And we have a, an immense amount of work to be done to carry out this great commission even more in the end. Today might be that last day. And maybe we've just been coasting by and, and not really giving our all to, to, to giving this great truth. To re, maybe not giving all, our all to remember that God loved us so much that he sent his son. Not, maybe not giving our all to remember that someone loved us enough and came and preached the gospel to us and we need to try to follow what they did. Maybe not giving our all enough and loving others as we should. And, and we must be the ones who carry out this great commission even more in the end times. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. God, I thank you again for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to hear from your word today. And God, I, I pray that you would work and, move, work and move in our hearts, God. As I prayed at the beginning, I, I pray here at the end, I, I pray that um, we would walk out different than what we walked in. That we would have gleaned some things here today from your word. And that we would go out and we would live those things out or implement those things in our lives. Lord, I know you've challenged me. You've convicted my heart. And God, I want to see in your name people repent and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ today, tomorrow, the next day, God. And so I pray that you would give me boldness, that you would give us boldness as we go out and we leave this place. Heavenly Father, I pray that if there's anybody here who was given the gospel today, who has never made that decision, that they would move now during this invitation. Before they leave this place, they would find someone and, and, and say, listen, I, I'm ready to be saved. It's been given to me this morning. I'm ready to give my life over to him, ready to profess him as Lord. We love you, God. Bless now during this invitation. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll stand with us this morning as he sings.